Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. And I'm Dave, and welcome to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right. So forget your lazy negativity, people. We try to keep it it positive on this show. So anytime you hear this sound, that buzzer means that we said something negative, and therefore we have to take a drink. We do. So pour yourselves a glass, or in this case, a shot glass. Have you got your shot glass, Jeff? We do a shot at the start of the show just to show everyone how serious it is. So here we go. And bottoms up. And that's that's done. Okay. That is and done. Cool. We hope you drink along with us unless you're behind the wheel of a car. <laughs> yeah, if you're li- if you're listening uh, in the car, possibly on the train, you might get arrested. Maybe maybe right. don't drink along with us there. That's so our, cool. Dave, it's you and I today. Our co-host John has the virus. He's got it, the plague. He's still he's still it's number two of this year, I think. So Dude, John, you can't say okay. that. You violate his hippo rights. Did I oh fuck, you're right. No, no, oh. it's fine. We're not doctors. <laughs> you're right. You know what? And I think anybody who listens to our show knows we are definitely yeah, not doctors. Yeah. And no nobody even mentioned all the herpes. So <laughs> we're we're good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm trying to buzz you, dick. Okay. People We try to keep it positive here on the Love of Cinema podcast. If you're new to our show, we also try to keep it spoiler-free for the first 10 minutes or so, so you can get our initial takeaways, what we thought and what we, more importantly, felt about the movie, unlike those stuffy critics that try to explain why things are a certain way rather than actually tells you how they felt sitting in the cinema seeing this movie. Before we get into it, though, we have to shout out our sponsors. So let's do that very quickly. Our beer sponsor is Carlos Barozzo. <laughs> Carlos Barozzo is our beer sponsor. You can check out him on Instagram. I believe he has finished his certifications. So he is on Ooh. the bigger and better things, I think. Check him out in the show notes. And our music is known. Our music is known. Our music is by the artist known as Da Sign, who is now on Spotify. He just released new music for the first time in years. Yeah. He is back, people. You can so find please. links straight to it on our link tree, actually. It's, uh, it's set out really nicely. The link tree to find him on Spotify. And of course, find us on all the socials, like, mm. subscribe, all that kind of stuff that people beg you to do and you hate, but it really is good for our show. We would love it if you reached out, dropped a line. Dave will respond as he has proven in the recent past. <laughs> all right, Dave, we're talking about 3,000 Years of Longing. But before we get into that, we have our gripes of the week. I know you have at least. I, I actually am going to pass on today's, but I know you have I'm, at least one. I'm only doing one because, like, after after the debacle that was last week, um, <laughs> when we when we had uh, when we had Mark on from uh, Mad Mark Movie Show, and we asked him what his gripe was, and seven minutes later, <laughs> uh, we returned to our normal programming. So we've introduced a gripe timer now. It's a sixty second gripe timer that go. And if right. you, if you're still talking when that when that winds down to zero, a buzzer goes off and you drink. New rules, people. We got new rules. New rules. All right, yep. Dave, why don't we do it? Why don't we fire it up, show the people what we're talking about? Are you ready for your gripe? I am. All right, hit it. Okay, so I'm buying my ticket for this uh, film. Yeah. And I've gone through the whole process of buying the ticket on the app, like little phone app. It's very, very handy and stuff. And I get to the end, I buy my ticket and I hit OK. And a pop-up pops up and it goes, this this purchase qualifies you for this offer. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, no, I don't want a credit card. So I close that. This purchase qualifies you for this offer. Four fucking times the AMC <laughs> app tried to get me to buy stuff after I just like got a ticket. And it's like, I'm sorry, I, I pay for A-list. I, I don't want this shit. Wait, I don't want your offers. 
Hey, keep going. Hey, do you the, have any more? No, that was it. They're, they're, oh, they're no, trying keep to upsell going. me on the end of it. Oh, but I'm going to keep going on your gripe. You're right, because I tried to test for the Matt and Mark movie show, which I was on. I'll talk about it in a second. This is National Cinema Day or whatever. It's coming up on yeah. Saturday, where all movies are $3. And I was trying to prove on the air, I was trying to look it up on the AMC list, and they tried selling me so much shit, I didn't even know where the price of the ticket was, where the purchase was. It pissed me off. Exactly. I, I'm an A-list member. Why do you need to sell me shit? Ugh. And we got that out of our system. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. <laughs> Dave, we got to it. We got a cheers. We got a cheers to completion yeah, of that. First, cheers. first successful gripe. First successful gripe that actually was under a minute. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I was on the Matt and Mark movie show to talk about Samaritan, which you, John, and I, John mm. had COVID, but he still had Amazon Prime, so he's going to be on our next episode. He apparently tested negative today. Thanks to the booster. So we, I was talking to them uh, on the Matt and Mark movie pod, talking about Samaritan. So a little conflict of interest for our joint subscribers. We'll see if our takes are different. I'm going to try to let you and John do the talking so I don't steal too many of our points from that show. That's going to be but an interesting episode. Them. And just for fun, because I knew that they were seeing 3,000 Years of Longing today, I'm going to put in their initial reactions at the end of our segment once we get to that momentarily. We'll hear from Matt and Mark. So Dave, before we talk about 3,000 Years of Longing, George Miller's first film since Mad Max Fury Road in 2015. Mm. Anything else before we dive into this here movie? No, I just want to straight up like a warning up front of this movie. If you are looking for Fury Road, wait for the (laughs) next one. This is nothing like this is a man who has so many different levels in what he does. Like you put you put Mad Max Happy Feet and Mad Max Fury Road in the same like director's hands. Let's, so you're Australian. So is uh-huh. George Miller? George Miller's got to be like an iconic figure for you. Yeah, no, he kind of keeps to himself. No, well. we, we love him. He's, we absolutely love him. <laughs> All right, for the for the fake out. For the fake out. Um, what was your first? What was your first George Miller that you saw in theaters? Did you see OG Mad Max or was it um, Mad Max Two? OG Mad Max I, I saw on VHS. Um, okay. Because we just got VHS players. This was one of those like back in the Rambo days and stuff. We got that and Mad Max Two. <laughs> I remember seeing. I just Mad Max two more. No, no, they were. I think they were a couple of years apart. Um, Road Warrior was eighty one. You're right, and um, uh, uh, fucking Stallone's two. (laughs) Mad Max two was eighty one. The Road Warrior was eighty one, and um, the fucking Rambo was eighty two. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, Any? What is your favorite? We didn't get them in Australia till like eighty four. So. I th- yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. I think, I think it's okay to start with George Miller because we're going to leave him off to the side for a second. But this is clearly a passion project film. I'm not giving anything away to say that. So I mean, it's it's written, produced, directed, executive produced. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so especially since we're a two a two host uh, a pod today, let, let's let's set it up with some George Miller. Um, what is your favorite George Miller? Um, hard to tell. It's like it's because they're all so different. You can't have just one yeah. favorite. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Like the Mad Max is the closest we've had to him sticking to a theme. Yeah, uh, and I think Mad Max Two or Fury Road might be my favorite. Man, I, I like Fury Road a lot, and Who you know, didn't? yeah. Um, I mean, I grew up with the, the the Max like action figures. I think, and so like I had all of that, and oh I'd seen God. the films. Um, I think I watched Lorenzo's Oil and like how many knives did those action figures come with? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so hilarious. Honestly, that's like when I when I first learned of like Swiss Army knives, I was like, I think I had the play version of this. Um, 
And then Lorenzo's Oil, I really feel like I watch. And Witches of Eastwick, I, I need to revisit as an adult. I think that's another one that I oh saw. Oh my God, I forgot he did that. Yeah, directed. I love, sure. I love that. I still use some of Jack Nicholson's lines for comedy. <laughs> He's, I mean, I fucking love Jack too. So I think I, yeah. when I, I saw it on TV because I saw Jack and Witches. And I was like, I know yeah. Jack Nicholson, I know Witches. I think, this, I think I'm in. And then Babe Pig in the City, I saw it like a one- one screen cinema in the middle of the Adirondacks nowhere. And I was a Mm -hmm. very, very young child, but I remember enjoying that. And the screen was about the same size as an iPhone 12. (laughs) No, the screen, (laughs) the screen was big. It probably just didn't have the, quite the, um, the, 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 it wasn't as picturesque. The the drinks haven't hit me yet, so I'm not clearly in my articulation, but. Oh, let me help. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. I think we can now segue into 3,000 Years of Longing. This film premiered at the Cannes Film Festival, although it was not up for competition. And I mm. actually don't know why. I didn't look up why. I, I Might just, have been a date thing. A date thing? Maybe. Yeah, like they, if they don't, if it's not submitted by a certain date or if it wasn't released in a certain time frame, they can't enter that year. But they're still releasing the film and, you know, a, a Cannes premiere. Yeah. I mean, you can't be the camp premiere, especially when you have stars, which each is Elba and Tilda Swinton yeah. are stars. As long, as long as the French don't walk out. Like, you know, if they walk out, it's not, it hasn't gone well. I'm not buzzing. That's fucking true. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> They're not shy so, about letting you know they didn't like a fucking film. I can tell you that. <laughs> even if it's not up for competition, it can be up for contention. <laughs> um, so this is great. This is obviously his first film since uh, Fury Road. And this is definitely a passion project, which we're going to un- un- unravel in a second. It's based on the short story, The Gin. That's D-J-I-N-N. I've heard a couple podcasts where they just kept saying gin. And I was like, guys, is that the British drink? Is it the BTS member? What are you guys talking about? The Gin and the Nightingale's Eye by A.S. Byatt. This is co-written, the screenplay by George Miller and Augusta Gore, directed by George Miller. This is shot by, we'll talk about, I'm sure, a lot. This is shot by Academy Award winner John Seal, who did Mad Max Fury Road and The English Patient was his Oscar. And the score is by Tom Hulkenberg, Mad Max and also Dave Deadpool 60 million dollar budget George Miller said thank you to us at the beginning of this movie he, he thanked us for coming to the theater yeah. I don't think I didn't think we needed to do that anymore but uh George Miller just well, wanted took the to edge off Nicole Kidman it did take the edge off Nicole again no buzz you're 100% right <laughs> I'm gonna shut the fuck up and pass this over to you after I read the brief IMDb description a lonely scholar this is uh Tilda Swinton a lonely scholar on a trip to Istanbul discovers a jinn who offers her three wishes in exchange for his freedom. Dave, why don't you take it away with some spoiler-free initial takes? What did you think? Wow, that fucking description tells you almost nothing about the shit that goes on in this film. All right, talk to us. It's uh, yeah, it's 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 almost two films mashed together. I would say in in this so? case, yeah, there's a very grounded like concise, like small room, that sort of thing. But when they go into the storytelling world, we, uh, because he's, he begins talking about his story, like how, what happened to him to get him to this point and get how he got in the bottle. And well, he, t- he tells all these stories to her because, and because she's like, she studies stories for a living, a living, she's absolutely enthralled by it. So when they go into the story world though, the whole technique of the film changes. So instead of like, and, becoming this really concise contained story in a hotel like thing in a hotel room with two like two actors it turns into this enormous fucking world and it's i mean that that was cool for me 
Um, I, I want to say it got in my head a little bit because I spent the entire fucking night dreaming about this movie. And my, oh, dream, my dreaming brain, like, I don't know why, it was just bouncing around in my head the whole night, but my dreaming brain could not outdo some of the visuals they splashed on screen. Yeah. Like, there is some fucking colorful, bright, like, some of the, some of the visual stuff in this is genius. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's about all it's got. Um, there's some good story, there's a couple of good performances, and it's all slapped together and tied together so loosely. That that's its biggest fault. Okay, so I'm trying to see if you would. Well, you don't have to I, recommend this to people, but what do you, I don't. Well, I don't know. You, you don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I thankfully, out, I walked out of this going, "How the fuck do I talk about what I just saw?" I know this is the problem with having a podcast. You have to share yeah. your feelings. I mean, about I can, I can imagine. See. I can imagine, like in the in the like like the color and the, the visual effects sessions, like he's just sitting there and he's like, all right, so we're going to crank up the color and crank up these mystical visuals. And I I'm like, keep turning that knob up till the people in the screening room have involuntary bowel movements and then take it back a notch, you know, cause it was yeah. just, it was so in your face and like, it really, really struck you at the time, but it's, it's just a guy telling three stories and it really does falter for me in the third act. The third act seems to be what's it's a hiccup for a lot of people. I'm not going to spoil what that is for people who haven't seen it yet, but yeah, um, I did like this movie, although I completely validate exactly what you're saying. So I think I'm surprised the, I was sneaky enough to get through that without hitting a single buzz. <laughs> no, it was very well said. Um, I think this, the, the, the watcher, the viewer is definitely a character in this, you know, maybe that's a little lame to say, but um, there is room for interpretation and, this kind of, I don't know why this reminded me of two different movies. One was Men, because it was Men, which you were in Australia. John and I talked about that mm-hmm. one, um, because it's so much about lore. And it's so much, it's rooted in poetry, not not prose. Meaning, like, it's it's not meant to be taken literally, even though the story seems to be very clear. They, they set it up very well that, um, well, I'm going to talk about the setup in a second that Tilt yeah. does. And... The Adventures of Tintin, which is a kids movie that Spielberg did in, I think, 2012. But it was the same thing where the, it was animated, but the stories just came to life. And all of a sudden, you were just like, the scenery just turned into to this imaginative mm. dreamscape. If anybody's never seen that, if I wouldn't be surprised. I saw it because... Um, yeah, I was that, did, that with, didn't do too well either. No, I saw it in a group. So there were younger kids and I like seeing movies and it was friends that had kids. And so we saw it all like as a group. And so that's the only reason that I saw Tintin. But it's, anyway, there's just stylistically that sort of reminded me of this. Um, I didn't mean to be curt about Jin and the legacies of Jin. I just didn't know anything about them. Um, anybody who lives in America, we don't know much about basically Middle Eastern lore that has nothing to do with Christianity or Judaism. They consider this to be pre-Islamic Arabic tales. So this is from like the age of Solomon and beyonds. It's similar to the demons of Greek mythology and yada, yada, yada. And I think my, so my initial takeaway is positive. And I think a lot of it is because first of all, I love Tilda Swinton. So even though in this movie, her and Idris Elba did have some good chemistry, but she never really had those moments. She never had those, um, those like, Big acting beats, you know, I'm okay with some mm. subtle acting, but she never really got her scenes to like, it, it couldn't have been done by a lesser person, but so much is just in this relationship and just in her sort of being okay with being alone. There's not a lot of conflict in that, but I, but we'll, we'll get back to that part in a second. Yeah. I loved it because, so she's an academic who's also an author. 
Uh, I guess she teaches at the university level, we find out. But she's giving this pre this presentation in Istanbul, and the whole thing is about gods and lore. And I think it's very carefully chosen by George Miller that he mentions Thor and Odin, for instance, in that legacy. And it has all, so obviously the current religious figures, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. But then it has, you know, the Norse gods, and it has the Greek and Roman and Eastern. Obviously, we always forget <laughs> that there are religions that are still alive today that are twice as old as our religions, even though we think ours are so obviously right. Um, they, you know what I mean? That we were, we were the Jehovah's Witnesses 2000 years ago or whatever. Um, yeah, somebody, somebody would buzz the fuck. I, yeah, I gotta do that. <laughs> I'm, that's history, folks. We were the new ones at some point. Wait, we, I mean, uh, Western religions. Anyway, so she sets it up so well that there's, we tell stories for a reason. And so for me, like context is a huge thing in this. So we, we, why mm. do we tell the stories? Um, we tell the stories to explain our existence, to justify our consciousness, whatever. What, what happens when we die? Uh, basically to give ourselves purpose and meaning, because without it, what's the point of having consciousness if it doesn't mean anything, right? It's, it's better just to be a deer and just fucking die and not even realize that anything happened, um, for instance. So then, and then she starts seeing the... So <laughs> like then <a> she... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so then she sees the, uh, the, the figure start to come to life. The, her stories and her imagination starts playing tricks with her. And then those figures, I wish they went further with this, but they start appearing in, in the Jinn stories, but sort of make it seem like it's not even the Jinn stories. Like we are all retelling and oh, reimagining no, stories. I, I, for, I took from that, it was a very clever little thing where it's like, he's telling the story, she's visualizing the story. Which, Great, is, exactly, why her, yeah, exactly. which is why her the characters she's seen turn up in this story. Exactly. Yeah. So That was I never, clever. I, I like that. Yeah. So I didn't really finish my point other than to say it's both epic and intimate. And I do think that it was contextualized in such a way that by the time Idris starts telling this story, well, it's it's sort of, you know, three or four different stories, but it's one journey, I suppose. Yeah. I just, I, I kind of got swept away in the progression of it and sort of the purpose of it. And I have a lot of sort of maybe poetic ideas or maybe just sort of questions that I want to bounce about. But I, I still recommend this movie, but I recommend it because of the thoughtfulness of it and the feeling of it, not necessarily because it's a great film. What do you think of that? I like that. I like that. I also had a, th a weird thing where I was like, I, I looked at them. I'm like, okay, I'm going to try and book this for whenever I can fit it in my weekend. Cause my weekend was quite busy this weekend. And uh, I looked at the thing and I'm like, okay, 140 minutes. And for some reason, my brain translated that as an hour and 40 minutes. Oh no. And I went in there and I'm sitting there. I'm like, this ain't no hour and 40 fucking minutes. How, how, what's going on here? Like, this is the, is, is this movie boring me? Oh, no, that's um, tough. <laughs> but it wasn't. It was just longer than I thought it was. So and I think a little bit of that seeped in. But yeah, we'll talk about the, uh, the third act when we get to spoilers. Yeah, let's. So I'm, I told you guys Matt and Mark would give me their reactions to this. So if you guys know anything about Matt and Mark, they are definitely a long form podcast where they they talk about one movie, but they they talk about other things. And, it's and then very they come open. on our show and do it to us. And then they do it to us. <laughs> they have seven minute rants. That's funny. Okay, so this is Matt. Matt for the Matt and Mark. Yeah, buddy. I think Mark and I are going to be split on this one. I love when they assume things about each other. It's very uh, adorable. I love the visuals. Duh. Mm -hmm. But I didn't connect with the movie the way I wanted to. Full disclosure, I dozed off a few times. I don't know if he was saying full disclosure as in don't read this on the podcast, but sorry. I dozed <laughs> off a few times. That's not a knock on the movie, mind you. More like an admission on my part. I was tired of shit and the movie has all the same qualities as a bedtime story, which you know what? It does. He's not wrong. He's, He's not, not wrong. wrong. 
He said, I met Idris, fell asleep, then I woke up just in time for the fat people sex dungeon. Wild times. Which is exactly what you want to see when you first open your eyes. I actually said, you know what? That turned out pretty well for you. Yeah. <laughs> so that was Matt. And this is Mark. Mark Monstrowski. He little, actually loved it. sensitive, but you know. <laughs> uh, uh, Mark said, I want to watch it again. I also love the use of multiples of threes and triangles in the production design. So beautiful reminded me of Tarsim's The Fall. What a gorgeous and moving film. Definitely not made for the TikTok generation. Also, center framing is the best, in my opinion. I also love how the fascination the jinn had with the humans, sort of like how we would be fascinated with something supernatural. Center Very framing. Cool yeah. Mark, anyway. you fuck, you apologize to Tom Hooper right now. <laughs> you buzz yourself. I can't get my shit up. Inside. <laughs> there it is. All right, so that was our friends at the Matt and Mark movie show with their initial takeaways. And I think that's about right. It's gorgeous. It's, you know, the visuals are stunning. I think there is a lot of symbolism. This is obviously George Miller. He, he made Mad Max. That doesn't mean he has to do another Academy Award anything film. That means he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. This happens all the time. Darren Aronofsky's fucking film, Mother. What the fuck was he doing with that movie? You know what I mean? But you know what he... <laughs> That is on my but, should have seen that by now list. Actually, it's 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 not on my rewatch list. I promise you that. I think John and I saw that movie in the theaters. But you're just punishing but, yourself. But these are master filmmakers who make the movie they want to make. So there's clearly something in here that he wanted to make. There's fable. There's there's some magical elements. There's magical creatures in this film that they don't really talk about. There's like this old lore that could have been real or not. It's just. And also it was set in the Middle East. It's just not a, where us Western culture, we don't see a lot of things set there, even though that's where most of our history comes from. I don't know. There was something about it that was very captivating yeah. for me. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. They were, they were, I found the story compelling. Um, and I, so I don't know why this movie didn't sit right with me, except for the way the third act grated on me a little. And I think because it's last, that's the, because that's the impression I left with. I lost all the, like, I can't really talk much more about it till we go to spoilers, but all right, we'll go to spoilers right there. I think that's hmm. that's that's the best we could say. The more we talk about it, the more um, closer to spoiler sec it's going to be. But I still, I, I just, I'm thinking about it a lot. You said you were falling asleep thinking about it. I dreamt about it for like a whole night. <laughs> I feel like Matt is also going to be dreaming about waking up in that um, <laughs> that, that section that he mentioned. Um, but I guess we can send people off. Dave, what do you say? Yeah. All right, heading into spoiler sections here. So let's talk the first thing in our spoilers. So the third act largely has to do with Idris Elba's Jin and Tilda Swinton's character. But let's 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 track their journey the whole way. She sees him in the bathroom. This is in the trailer. For anybody who's seen the trailer, he shrinks to a more reasonable size. What did you think about their relationship? Let's just let's just focus on them for a second. I thought I thought that was quite cute, actually. To be honest, like I I like the bounce back and forth. I like that she knew more about him than he thought she would and like because of what she did and that she was not falling for some of the ploys that he might have used and she at one point she flat out calls him a trickster and she's yeah. like you realize you're telling me like you everything you're telling me is a cautionary tale about not making wishes and you're asking me to make three wishes so yeah. it was a nice it was a nice little back and forth between them because he was yeah so I want to pick up, there's two things I want to say about that. Number one is this idea of the tricks there also apparently comes, I, I did like a 10 minute Reddit on this, so please don't pretend like I'm an expert, but the, the difference between demons and jinn, and some are good pissed. and 
some are good and some are bad. So the idea of the jinn could be a trickster, could be not. It's good. Yeah. It's kind of like this good and evil kind of lives with all of us, even the supernatural. Yeah, I mean, jinn can go us. one of two ways. It's like you're happy, you know, Aladdin style happy, or full on fucking monkey paw. Did you know that jinn that the genie from Aladdin could fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like there's something they didn't cover. But there you go. <laughs> I had no idea. Okay, but I, you you mentioned something very interesting, which I think is really important. If you're going to appreciate this film, these kinds of things are the things that that you might latch on to. You mentioned, what'd you say? You mentioned that um, the, the wishes would set him free. She doesn't want to give him the wishes, and then she does, and then he doesn't grant them. Um, yeah, kind of. It's It's like he's trying to get her to make these wishes, and she doesn't want to make the wishes. But then when she starts, as usual, like people get heated and they throw i wish in and she starts almost making the wrong wishes and he's literally stopping her from making wishes because of his past which then leads into that story of why he's reacting like that and i I thought that was a nice little flow through i did like the bounce back and back and forth between that i found one or two of the stories a tad long sure which ones um the second and third one I agree about the second one. I'm, let's talk. So I'm gonna, let's talk about the third one. So first of all, the reason that he is in the bottle, the reason he's not just a gin walking among us, electromagnetic. They, they try to explain these things a little bit. Yeah, whatever. they try to. They, they do. They do like try and put some science to it. Yeah, sure. Um, the reason he's in the bottle is because he was obsessed. This is a gin. He was obsessed with Sheba, the Queen of Sheba, mm. and she was promised to another man, and then she actually fell for this man. Now he was a bit of a trickster himself. So perhaps yes. the djinn was trying to protect her, but ultimately nope. it was, it was selfish. He was <laughs> yeah. doing it for himself. Yeah. He so, was, they were in love. Yes. Love and undoes so, him almost every time. So she, he gets put in the bottle and then lost for thousands of years, comes back, yada, yada. I want to jump to the third story though, because this is something that's really fascinating to me. Mm. So first of all, she's the reader. So she is the young wife. She's the third wife of a very old man on the river in Istanbul, basically. So pr- primarily it takes place in Istanbul in a huge house, but she's locked away up there. And she's basically, I watched the uh, the FLDS documentary, you know, that's the uh, fundamentalist Latter-day Saints. They have multiple wives. The young wife is the plaything for the old guy with the old wives, right? So like maybe new kids, but it's mostly a plaything and she knows it and that sucks. But luckily she gets, not luckily, there's nothing lucky about this, but she gets this chin and he rather than do what you see in Aladdin, which is immediately start wishing for things, they fall in love, basically, you know, mm. and it, it's slowly she wants knowledge. And rather than him just snap his fingers and her brain, now she's knowledge. She actually has to read and study and he gives her books. And so we already know we're not in the same magical realm, even though there's magic. But this is the yeah. most this is the this is what I'm getting at. Disney she, the same. <laughs> she is she is trapped in this marriage and in this room, basically. He is trapped in this bottle. All he has to do to get free is she has to grant three wishes. Same as the Tilda Swinton thing you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. She won't do it, but she accuses him of manipulating her to not use all three wishes so that they could stay together. And she's right because he is manipulating her. Yeah. So he doesn't actually really want to be free because he's afraid of freedom or whatever you want to interpret with that. She desperately wants to be free, but also doesn't grant him his freedom. So they are sort of stuck in this trap thing forever, which leads me to a line that comes in at some point that I think Idris Elba says, which is basically, there I am, 
left to my own oblivion, stuck between worlds forever. Is it all too much to ask? And it's like, it's basically like, why do we do this to ourselves over and over and over and over again? (laughs) Centuries after centuries, story after story, all of the great stories eventually come down to who we love, why we love them. And why is it that we spend so much of our life stressing over things that both put us in boxes, but we would also die without them? And I think that left me with enough to justify the entire film, even though you're right, the third act was kind of boring. Mm. What do you I think mean, about when, that? When he when he got pulled in that bottle the second time, I, was, I had an image of him just sitting there on the like puppy cushions, like, how can the <laughs> same thing happen to the same guy twice? Yeah. <laughs> I went full diehard too. But no, it was... Uh, I agree. I agree. It was it was those sort of through lines and that subtlety that it made the situation intriguing in itself because some some of that stuff you don't realize while you're sitting there watching it. You think about it later and you're like, ah, oh. it's like when it first rubbed me wrong when we went into the first story and the guy from Tilda Swinton's vision is standing there in the background. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I'm like, what the fuck's going on with that guy? Like, because he he was terrifying when he came at her in the in the lecture. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on with this guy? Like, are we getting, is this going to turn into a fucking horror show? And no, it was just placed there because she was, it was her perspective that was basically right. illustrating this story. And I didn't realize that until about three hours later, like <laughs> what th- was going on with that guy. And I was like, that is really cool. Now that we know that the djinn, the g- yeah, can, can kind of call on people, do you think that that was him calling on her? Or do you think it was just, you know, like the story's blended very interestingly. Yeah. I mean, you know she I mean? she might she may well have been like the the sultan that could like he could sense she could sense him mm-hmm. because literally got led to the bottle down the streets. Like they went through the whole thing, like yeah. through the through the streets. There were like you know sixty five something shops or sixty five streets, three thousand stores, and this this thing was in a back room in one store, and she went right to it. Interesting, right? So yeah, she was she was being guided. Yeah, she could sense him. Like the like she had something in common with each one of these people, and I just realized what the one with the guy was that well, she could actually sense him. That's sort of my next question: is not not reincarnation, but is is this actually the same story? You know what I mean? Just told in different times. Because another theme in this is science and technology versus nature and humanity. Mm. Um, the jinn becomes human, but he's also electric magnetic. And then you have the whole technological advancement, which he sort of supersedes, right? Because he can pull Albert Einstein out of the TV. He can put him back in. Like, he kind of goes in between technological advancements and such. So is she... I I was surprised that in the final, final moment, we didn't get some more play on technology. You know, she's writing on paper, and then you see Idris Elba at the very end, and they they both seem very human. So that was something that kind of caught me, but... There's something about the science and the technology in this that they introduced that I think they could have really used in the third act rather than just the solemnity of the two of them being isolated. Yeah, that's, huh. I mean, like I said, with the third act, that's where I think it went off the rails. Um, like, because they, they decided to, when they decide to come back to London, um, they put themselves in another small room. And, but the stories are done at this point pretty much. It, it's not. Like you see, you meet the two racist old neighbors who I'm, I'm pretty sure he was taking a shot at them over Brexit for that. Um, and yeah. I was like, what the <laughs> hell is with these two racist old ladies that are suddenly introduced in the third act? Like that was clumsy as fuck. And then as I was writing that note, I'm saying that like they could have cut this out. It, pl- it served no purpose. 
I realized that it plays nicely on the line they've been walking the whole way through, which is, is this happening to her or has she had a fucking mental break and she's talking to an empty room? That's exactly right. And, they, re- and they resolve that. Yeah. Like once in a row, finally, because it's, fir- it's the first time anyone else in the movie acknowledges him. Is, yeah, which is, again, what, what is going on? Who is he? Is he real? Like, oh, my God, it's, yeah. it's just, yeah, it gets... Because, like, like, they set it up beautifully. They established in the first, like, ten, what, five minutes that she can, she's fucking seeing things. Well, also, she passed out, so this could be a full Donnie Darko. Like, she could be in a, <laughs> yeah. co- she could be in a coma because she passed out in the opening scene. And then when she woke up, they did a, only a really great, great filmmaker with a $60 million budget and masters who have worked with him before could pull off that... When the, when she awakes, when she awakes, when she awakens, and you don't know if is she in the room, is she mm. in the audience, is she in a hospital, is she in an ambulance? They they really do that reveal really well. Yeah. But back to the the two old ladies, they kind of seem like a caricature. They they seem like the Coraline like uh, ants or whatever. Like yeah, they were I mean, so caricature-y in a, they in were. a and that, creepy that, that way. That was that was kind of what rubbed me the wrong way about that insert. Like I feel like they could have played that down a little, but it was just that was right in your face. Yeah, racist and inappropriate. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Well, here's well, yeah. I, 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 yeah. Fuck yeah. I, I acknowledge that for sure. One thing that I would like to acknowledge too is the the gin being stuck and then he's the flaking and all that kind of stuff. A million different ways to interpret it. Hmm. Another thing that leaves me is yeah, this actor's kind of boring, but at the same time, she's alone, I mean, and maybe she's just making up stories to help her pass the time. Because what's the point? But if he's, not? he's he's hanging out. In the hotel room, like, do they not have Wi-Fi and fucking 5G in Istanbul? <laughs> oh, come on. They, it was like three hours they were in that hotel room. I, I think that's, I, I think the time passed. <laughs> do they not have, yeah, she yeah, didn't, didn't sign up for the, get it, yeah. Um, but this could have been another situation where she trapped the gin. You know, she trapped him in the house. He can't leave. And, you know, he, she hmm. carries him in a, a fucking salt shaker. I still, that, that was kind of weird with the electromagnetism, but whatever, when she goes through security at the airport. I like that. I mean, it was gripping because I was yeah. like, did she just kill this thing in a salt shaker? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love when they're looking at it and they're like, why does she care so much about this salt shaker? Like, pretty fun. But he's flaking and he's in the basement because she's trapping him. And I, I wonder if she catches on that that's exactly what the third story was. Ugh, man, mm. it's gripping. It's, yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. It was, like I said, anyone who likes to hear a good story will probably love this. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. So I'm not faulting it. I just. I'm not going to watch it again. But I'm glad I saw it. Same. Like it was. It was beautiful. And that second. The second story was the most like glamour. Not glamorous, but it was the most um, complex. And also, it was the yeah. one that I, I think about the least in hindsight. Was, even though it did have the weird brothers with the the weird orgy. And the, for, the oh forced, yeah, they were not the afraid forced to get orgy. Ugly. The forced orgy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Really ballsy. You know, for better or worse. Mm. Um, and good story. I love him trying to lure people to open the stone and stuff. That was it's all good, yeah. but but I still can't wrap my head around that second the second story. I, I'm not surprised that that's where Matt just dozed off <laughs> and then he woke back up again. <laughs> Anything else you have to say about this? I mean, I, I don't think so. I think uh, yeah, I think that was that was it. Yeah, I think so too. This is definitely one that's going to get you to think, people. If you saw this movie and you agree, disagree. Uh, if anything sparks uh, hatred in you or something that you connected with, please reach out to us on the socials. We would love to respond to you. Um, 
And if you haven't seen this and you listen to the spoilers, I think you should go see it. It'll, it'll definitely make you think. It'll probably make you feel. And it'll also give you some weird dreams. Yes, it will. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> Did you just gush yourself? <laughs> you know what? I still haven't figured out this stream deck here. I was going to do this. No, you turned off the fuck you, John, I screen. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, fuck you, John. That sound means it's oh, time it's, for our final it's, segment. It's not in this scene. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. All right, people. Well, it is time for our final segment, What You've Been Watching, where we recommend things we have been watching. Dave, what you been watching? I mean, I've been watching what everyone else has been watching, House of the Dragon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, I'm also doing... Um, Star Wars The Bad Batch at the moment, the new, like the latest animated series that they're doing, uh, which starts right at about uh, when they kill General Grievous in the Clone Wars movies. Oh, cool. Um, right, at, It literally starts right on Order 66. Nice. Um, yeah, uh, House of the Dragon. Did you see this thing this week? And this was going to be one of my gripes, but it's not really a gripe because some people are kind of right, um, where they were like, uh, that episode should have had a trigger warning. Have you seen this episode? I haven't seen it, um, and I'm, I'm really upset with myself that I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, uh, basic, basically, it's it's not. I, I mean, let's face it. Let's give it out a trigger warning because there is a a scene in this where the queen is giving birth, and it's a male. They that was they two suspected. weeks ago. That was yeah, last that was week. that was two. That was last uh, two weeks ago. This is what this gripe is from. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, well, what the scene, what caused the problem with uh, oh, sorry, sorry. this episode? Um, okay. Basically, the king decides that we've got to save the heir because it's a breach birth. And he basically tells them to give her a cesarean, which, you know, in that time would kill her. And they don't pull any punches and they really go to town on it. And I mean, a lot of people are saying it should have had a trigger warning. Now, I get that if you've gone through like a traumatic birth, that sort of thing, absolutely that trigger warning would have been there. Like it should have been there for anyone who has like obviously would be triggered by that because that's absolutely fucking traumatic. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, it's it's like, it's Game of Thrones. We kind of know what we're in for. And like, I think the first ones to break this were like conservative websites. And I was like, hang on a minute. Isn't, isn't that what you were going, we were going for? I'm, I'm like, <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. You had to, I'm sorry. You had to watch it. Oh my God, Dave, that was really clever. That was really well said. That's great. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I'm so I think, glad that's at the end of the episode. People on YouTube might not make it this far. <laughs> no, fuck it. They got to hear it. That's bullshit, people. This because this is yeah. the shit that's ha this is there. Maybe not breach birth, which we have ways of of handling now in cesarean yeah. sections. But there are things that have similar consequences if yes. science can't do science. And shit, that's funny. <laughs> I, I I thought we were just gonna be talking about the gripes in Game of Thrones and and basically Twitter. Just anytime there's controversy about something that is popular it's oh like they love gonna, the pylon boost it. i mean it they just, love it's, the pylon but that's really well said dave i have nothing to say about that i don't i, I want to gush you for how my feelings and thoughts about you bringing that up <laughs> what did you watch I, um well i'm trying to think is we're doing samaritan after this and i don't want to recommend the same thing twice so i'm one episode behind in house of dragons because chloe and i are I'm so close to being done with the staircase. I thought I would sneak it in right before this episode. I'm like 30 minutes from the end. So, sorry. I watched the the Netflix documentary, The Staircase, uh, 2018 mm -hmm. or 19, I think. It's an incredible story about a, 
a woman who died at the bottom of a staircase and the husband was the only one home. They, there was so much blood. They naturally think he did it, but there's a lot of holes in the story and there's no murder weapon and the motive is back and forth. And anyway, it's just, a, it's one of these stories. I'll, I'll put it this way. I'm watching the HBO show now and I'm watching it with Chloe. It's fucking slow as we've talked about on this, this podcast mm-hmm. last week. We've now watched seven and a half out of the eight episodes. I think he didn't do it. I think he's innocent. Chloe thinks he did it. And we've been watching the show together. <laughs> that's how good this, that's what how like, genius. <laughs> so, and, and it's the, funny uh, that you should mention that because that literally happened today in Australia. There was a guy uh, convicted for killing his wife 40 years ago. This is, this investigation has been ongoing for 40 years and they tracked it down to like apparently four lies that he told during the process. And they're like, well, this kind of points to you doing it. Yeah. And so I think uh, he was, I think he was charged today. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. But this is, this is probably the opposite. I, well, I won't spoil too much. I'll just say this is, this will be the pitch. It's Colin Firth. Michael Stuhlberg plays his lawyer and he's incredible. I think the, the Emmy nominations are just Colin Firth and Tony Collette. I would not be surprised if they both won, but it's also the show. It's not getting a lot of love probably because it's fucking slow. Um, mm. And everything's going to go to succession again, of course. But um. Tony Collette plays the woman who dies and they do flashbacks, which is part of the reason it's slow. Sometimes they go back in time and I'm like, can we just get to the trial? Like, can we please get to the trial? I want to know what happened, but it's worth it because she reenacts multiple scenarios of how it could happen. And I don't mean reenacts. I mean, like it's, it's as if it happens, you know, like we're yeah. seeing alternate accounts of this night. And I'll remind you, she died at the bottom of the stairs and it's very bloody and Tony Collette, the one of the greatest actresses on the planet, certainly in gore and horror genre. If you if you've seen Hereditary or any of her other horror films that she's been a part of, there's just the scream in Hereditary alone should get you to watch this show. Yeah, I just got goosebumps there just when you mentioned it. You see her. That was fucking horrifying. Dying, passing out, waking up, coughing blood. Like it's gruesome, it's graphic, but it's her, and it's shot so well that it's worth the whole eight hours watching her reenact these scenes. Not just because you you like seeing gory things, but also because it makes you go, well, that could have happened. It, that could have definitely happened. Like they really, you know, like in the mm-hmm. trials where they reenact different scenarios. You know, they, this this is things that happens in these kinds of trials. The OJ murder, they reenact in different scenarios. All three of these scenarios that I've seen could definitely have happened based on Tony Collette's performance. <laughs> <laughs> That's my pitch for the staircase. All right, cool. Dave, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Everybody who listens to Dave and I talk about 3,000 years of vlogging. Dave, anything you want to tell the people before we go? Nope. Great. (laughs) (laughs) See you next time, film fans.